Happy day, Rosal Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping you've had a fabulous, terrific sunrayed, sunwarm day. That you were able to smile, see loved ones, and feel the love of God for you. So happy to be here with you. Uh, Sundays are my favorite day of the week for many reasons, but primarily because I get to focus on things that fill my soul, strengthen me spiritually, and give me courage to face the week ahead. So just time to worship my God and strengthen my relationships with my loved ones. So, so grateful. So hoping you had some sunlight and sun rays and smiles and kindness coming your way. So we are going into the Come Follow Me manual uh, for the week of January 24th through 30th that covers Moses chapter 7 and is titled, The Lord Called His People Zion. So for all of you out there, um, I follow the Come Follow Me manual put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can get a physical copy at Desert Books, or you can download the app for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Do a library search for Come Follow Me and find the week that you are interested in. Final way is that you can go to the web and do lds.org and do a library search for Come Follow Me and find the week you want to focus on. So, a disclaimer, as all of you know, I'm not a professional podcaster, nor a scriptorian, nor um, anyone that proclaims to know better or more than anyone else. Um, simply just sharing uh, lessons that strengthen me, help me throughout my days, my weeks, my trials, uh, that strengthen me in ways that I may not have otherwise been strengthened. And it just gives total purpose and different perspective in my life, allows me to focus on things that I value uh, with all my heart that are important to me and helps me navigate through this confusion and chaos of things that are happening in our world. So, there you are. So take it easy on me when I make mistakes or when my furry family members bark or meow or when I'm interrupted by beautiful voices of loved ones that did not know I was uh, doing a podcast. So in any event... Um, I'm going to share with you this great lesson that has taught me so much throughout the last few weeks as I've heard the chapters and listened to the words. Uh, it's totally given me some new perspectives, strengthened me in different ways, and I learned many things that apparently I had not learned I thought I knew but apparently not as clear as I thought it was so um, I love the 
uh, summary, as I always tell you. They are fabulous, and so we're going to read those, and it says, Throughout history, people have tried to achieve what Enoch and his people accomplished, building an ideal society where there is no poverty or violence. As God's people, we share this desire. We call it building Zion, and it includes, in addition to caring for the poor and promoting peace, making covenants, dwelling together in righteousness, and becoming one with one with each other and with Jesus Christ, the King of Zion. Because the work of establishing Zion continues in our day, it's helpful to ask, how did Enoch and his people do it? How did they become of one heart and one mind, despite the wickedness around them? Among the many details in Moses that Moses 7 gives us about Zion, a particularly valuable one for Latter-day Saints might be this. Zion is not just a city. It is a condition of the heart and spirit. Zion, as the Lord has taught, is a pure in heart. So perhaps the best way to build Zion is to start in our own hearts and homes. Absolutely love, love, love this. So we went through this lesson today during Sunday school as well and with a friend here earlier. And, you know, ever since I can remember, people have always wanted world peace and um, have, you know, people have always strived for that uh, left and right. And... Um, Yet, you know, we have wars and all kinds of things happening and we, you know, continue to move forward, but with no real, uh, what's the um, uh, focus that I want to say, with no real pathway um, how to achieve this. Um, um, I'm not saying that they didn't have a plan, but, you know, that it was just, it's, such a complicated thing to think of uh, achieving world peace that it just didn't seem feasible, impossible with our own, um, I don't know, um, education or perspective or our own understanding. And so I am grateful that I heard some of the opinions from today that helped me focus on um, how God our Father would build Zion. And so the main focus of that is um, through Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to share some of the stuff that I heard today in my lesson. And I absolutely just love to learn from other people um, that just know more than I do. And I'm just grateful for them that they can impart of their wisdom and knowledge. So I'm going to read a few scriptures here that talk about, you know, building Zion. So it says here, Moses 7, 
verse 53 says, And the Lord said, Blessed is he through whose seed Messiah shall come. For he saith, I am Messiah, the King of Zion, the Rock of Heaven, which is brought as eternity. Whoso cometh in at the gate and climbeth up by me shall never fall. Wherefore, blessed are they of whom I have spoken, for they shall come forth with songs of everlasting joy. So, it's telling us it comes through Jesus Christ. The next scripture is Moses seven eighteen, and it says, And the Lord called his people Zion, because they were of one heart and one mind, and dwelt in righteousness, and there was no poor among them. And I love this. We had a discussion of what it meant uh, with no poor among them. And we discussed that the majority of us think it's just uh, poor as in financial means. But there's also another definition of poor in spirit as someone that just may not understand their purpose and may not understand, you know, how to find um, happiness in this life, despite the fact that they may have all their financial and, um, you know, physical, worldly things met in every way, shape, or form that they wish to have. So poor in spirit meaning I explained it as uh, someone that feels alone, left out, not part of a group, not fitting, not belonging, that does not feel the support, love, understanding, etc. Um, and so it says here that Zion, as Enoch built it, had no poor among them. What a glorious time that would have been to have experienced that you know one mind um one purpose and uh, just no poor among them unbelievable the last scripture here it says on doctrine and covenants nine twenty one. therefore verily thus saith the lord let zion rejoice for this is zion the pure in heart therefore let zion rejoice while all the wicked shall mourn. So the pure in heart. You know. We need to take oodles of lessons. From our beautiful children among us. Who have the purest hearts ever. I mean they are just precious. They say some unbelievable incredibly wise things as little kids and they absolutely tell the truth they tell it like it is and so the pure in heart there are some people that have taken that into their adulthood and managed to be that way their whole life and I've been blessed to meet I probably want to say just two people that I can think of that fit that definition for me and I absolutely I mean they're just angels walking on earth is the way I call it 
And so I'm grateful for those insights on how to build Zion. But one of the um, songs today that we read or sang is um, found in, um, let's see if I can find it here. Um, it's um, two... 63 and it's called go forth with faith and i am just going to read it to you uh, because it spoke to me about this building zion and what i can envision zion to be uh, or how we can build it and so this says Go forth with faith to tell the world of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Bear witness, he is God's own son. Proclaim his wondrous word. Go forth with hope and courage strong to spread the word abroad that people of all nations are children of our God. Go forth with love to tell the world the joy of families that we may be with those we love through all eternity. Go forth to serve and do your best with no thought of reward. Then you shall know the boundless joy of serving Christ the Lord. Go forth with power to tell the world the gospel is restored, that all may gain eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Go forth to preach his glorious truths of peace, of joy, and love, that all who heed his holy word may praise the Lord above. I absolutely loved this hymn that just taught me so much about how to build Zion. And definitely it is through Jesus Christ the Lord. And I don't know if you remember the previous podcast, we were talking about the importance of prophets and how Enoch was a prophet and that prophets... Um, all feel very inadequate when God calls them to be prophets. They just, they point out their weaknesses to God and say, I don't know if I can do what you are asking me to do. But um, God chose them from the foundation of this world to be um, the his prophet and their major job as a prophet is to guide us, the people of the entire world, to look to Christ and follow his doctrine. Um, that is their main purpose. And Enoch, who built Zion on earth, was an incredible prophet. I don't know that... You know, you hear of different things prophets do, but uh, there are some scriptures where it tells us how powerful Enoch was and how he went from telling God that he was 
slow speech and everybody hated him you know just what in modern day our own kids would call somebody that is being bullied or that um, people use the word nerd um, for I mean Enoch felt that way yet God called him and told him that he would support him if he would open his mouth he would put words in his mouth and make his language powerful so that people can hear him and he did he was amazing i hope to share one of the scriptures here that tells us just how amazing enoch was but his main job was to unite people in christ to help them be of one mind one heart one purpose um, and because of that there was nobody lacked anything and Enoch managed this through preaching the word and being a good example and encouraging people and ultimately they were taken up because they were so good they could not stand to be here with us because uh, everybody else was wicked and so it says here the second part here says Enoch's efforts are a pattern for building Zion in our own lives so it says because Moses 7 is a record of how God's followers successfully built Zion it can instruct and inspire us today as we strive to do the same and so here is a chart or table that tells us um, who the people of Enoch were and um, it says that people of Zion were of one heart and one mind um, and it says what does this suggest about your efforts to build Zion and it says here we need to be united in as a family and as a church then um, and also building Zion is a gradual process is not something that happens overnight and so some of the scriptures here that they focused on let's see if I can read here um, this chapter 7 it is incredible as to what Enoch did with faith with just preaching the word to people in the previous podcast um, I remember how the people were all offended by what he was saying and they thought this was this strange thing in the land this wild man had come among them telling them what they needed to repent of and how they needed to change and you know how um, then they loved him and embraced everything he taught and they became a, a nation or a group of people a city and they fought many evil people that wanted to destroy them and so these scriptures here kind of go into some of that so here it says and from that time forth there were wars and bloodshed among them but the lord came and dwelt with his people and they dwelt in righteousness 
The fear of the Lord was upon all nations. So great was the glory of the Lord, which was upon his people. And the Lord blessed the land, and they were blessed upon the mountains and upon the high places, and did flourish. And the Lord called his people Zion, because they were of one heart and of one mind, and dwelt in righteousness, and there was no poor among them. And Enoch continued his preaching in righteousness unto the people of God. And it came to pass in his days that he built a city that was called the the City of Holiness. Let's see here. I went too fast, sorry. Um, The City of Holiness. Oh my goodness, sorry. And it says, And Enoch beheld, oh, sorry, one more. And Enoch continued his preaching in righteousness unto the people of God. And it came to pass that in his days he built a city that was called the city of holiness, even Zion. And it came to pass that Enoch talked with the Lord, and he said unto the Lord, Surely Zion shall dwell in safety forever. But the Lord said unto Enoch, Zion have I blessed, but the residue of the people have I cursed. And it came to pass that the Lord showed unto Enoch all the inhabitants of the earth, And he beheld, and lo, Zion in process of time was taken up into heaven. And the Lord said unto Enoch, Behold, mine abode forever. And Enoch beheld angels descending out of heaven, bearing testimony of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Holy Ghost, fell on many, and they were caught up by the powers of heaven into Zion. And the Lord said, Blessed is he through whose seed Messiah shall come. For he saith, I am Messiah, the King of Zion, the rock of heaven, which is brought as eternity, whoso cometh in the gate and climbeth up by me shall never fall. Wherefore, blessed are they of whom I have spoken, for they shall come forth with songs of everlasting joy. And righteousness will I send down out of heaven, and truth will I send forth out of the earth to bear testimony of my only begotten Son, his resurrection from the dead, yea, and also the resurrection of all men, and righteousness and truth will I cause to sweep the earth as with a flood, to gather out mine elect from the four quarters of the earth unto a place which I shall prepare a holy city that many people may gird up their loins and be looking forth for the time of my coming, for there shall be my tabernacle, and it shall be called Zion, a new Jerusalem. And the Lord said unto Enoch, Then shall thou and the city meet them there, and we will receive them into our bosom, and they shall see us, And we will fall upon their necks, and we will kiss each other, and there shall be mine abode, and it shall be Zion, which shall come forth out of the creations which I have made, and for the space of a thousand years the earth shall rest. And it came to pass that Enoch saw the day of the coming of the Son of Man in the last days to dwell in the earth in righteousness for the space of a thousand years, but before that day... 
He saw great tribulations among the wicked, and he also saw the sea, that it was troubled and men's hearts failing them. Uh, once again, I went too fast. Give me one second. And but before that day he saw great tribulations and the sea was troubled um, and the Lord showed Enoch all things even until the end of the world and he saw a day of righteousness the hour of the redemption and received a fullness of joy and all of the days of Zion in the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch and all his people walked with God and he dwelt in the midst of Zion and it came to pass that Zion was not, for God had received it up into his own bosom, and from thence went forth the saying, Zion is fled. So it took Enoch a long time to make Zion work, but in due time, they were taken up because they did not fit in with the wickedness of the world. And he said, God said that he took him and then in the last days before, at the second coming, uh, they are going to come to meet us, those that are here on the earth. And so... We will see the city of Enoch again. And I just happen to think that they are ah, just more wise, smart, that they are just such an evolved civilization because they were so obedient and so united that I believe God blessed them with all the stuff that we are struggling to figure out in this world because of that. That was a, just a blessing for being so obedient and united and of one heart and mind. And so I love the fact that someone in the earth achieved this, but he achieved it because everybody looked to God look to Christ and his gospel. And today during Sunday school, somebody said the day that we, all the cultures of the world um, become the culture of Christ is when we might feel like we've built another Zion and I love that word, um, when they become, a, you know, Christ culture, that's when we all will feel like the city of Enoch. And just like that song, Go Forth With Faith, I love the fact that it says here um, that go out to all the world um, says to spread the word abroad that people of all nations are children of our God um, 
I love that. I mean, I, I believe that's how we can do it. We can achieve it through our faith in Christ is the only way that we can do that. And we have to have um, a prophet, a leader, someone that helps us along that journey. And so happy to know that we do have a prophet nowadays that is doing the very thing in leading us and guiding us to Christ. Um, And that is the whole reason why we have these Come Follow Me manuals um, that are preparing us on how to deal with our daily um, things that we're facing in the world so that we know how to better understand that. And so um, I will share with you guys in in a little bit um, what I was thinking on the previous podcast where I felt like I didn't give a strong testimony of the prophets and their great work that they've been called to do um, despite being human like you and I are and they have weaknesses and whatever not and they still carry this huge burden of being of the spiritual leaders of the entire world uh, where uh, God our Father um, uses them as his mouthpiece and so Enoch was just I'm not sure what to say in comparison. And you don't want to compare prophets, but uh, he was, You, it wasn't just words that he was speaking. I mean, he was moving mountains and he was making the rivers change courses and, um, you know, cities uh, came up from underneath the sea to fight him, uh, and he and his people uh, defeated all of them. So we're talking about huge physical manifestations of great power that it's kind of inconceivable that you only see in these movies uh, with all these special effects, right? Well, um, Enoch was that kind of a prophet, and so... It's unbelievable. Um, And then, you know, when you have prophets that hardly anybody knows not of because we compare them to him or others, like Moses who parted the Red Sea, you know, they don't seem quite that magnificent, but they've all played a huge part in bringing people to Christ. And um, those that heed their words are blessed just like the people in the city of Enoch heeded the words of Enoch. And those that do not, uh, we self-destroy pretty much, um, like the people in the days of Noah. And so it says here, God's people should strive to be of one heart and one mind. I believe that with all my heart. Yet, you know, you turn on any screen nowadays and what do you hear division division everybody's fighting each other and canceling each other out and if you're not from this party then you're nothing because we don't like the other party or whatever you know it is satan's power 
of dividing us. And Christ's power is to unite us. And so just remember that Satan's um, purpose is to divide us and to control us, to put us in bondage to him because he wants us all to be miserable like he is. And so we see that. Every time we turn on a screen, we really do see that. And uh, we feel so rushed through our day because we get so many things thrown at us from every way. I kind of feel like we're walking on landmines trying to, you know, end the day and still be breathing. And so by the time we hit our pillow, we can't even sleep from everything we've gone through for the day. And so, you know, that is not what Christ wants for us. He wants us to experience joy and peace in the midst of all of this and completely turning our hearts to him and becoming one with him is the only way that you and I will start experiencing some peace and joy in our lives and so this section here Moses 7 18 through 19 lists important characteristics of the people whom the Lord called Zion why do you think these characteristics are necessary to build Zion how is Zion as described in this chapter different from other you united groups or organizations in the world as you ponder this question you might think about these words of Jesus Christ in verse 53. I am Messiah, the King of Zion. What does it mean to have Jesus Christ as our King? How does this help us develop the characteristics of Zion? So I'm going to read these verses here. Um, and, and they're pretty much what we've already read that, you know, Zion is um, people of one heart, one mind uh, that dwelt in righteousness and there was no poor among them. And uh, we have to have um, prophets preaching in righteousness uh, about God. But I absolutely absolutely love the scripture in Philippians and I sure hope that you guys write it down or go back and find it but Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 is absolutely awesome in the New Testament it says if there be therefore any consolation in Christ if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is, which was also in Jesus Christ. I absolutely love this. This is the 
heart and mind of a people united in Christ, his love and purpose, and just as the go forth in faith um, can help us, can help me visualize um, the, the verse number two that says, go forth with love to tell the world the joy of families that we may be with those we love through all eternity. Go forth to serve and do your best with no thought of reward. Then ye shall know the boundless joy of serving Christ the Lord. That is why we have to turn to Christ to build Zion in our homes, build Zion in our hearts, build Zion in whatever little neck of the woods that we want to call ours, we can build it. But it needs to be built upon the rock, who is Jesus Christ the Lord. And through the prophet that he has placed before us, that will guide us to Christ and strengthen us and prepare us for the things that we need to or that we will be facing before the second coming. I am so grateful for that scripture. It just gave me a new perspective today. And then um, there's other scriptures here um, that, that tell us that others have achieved this unity among them and it's on 4th Nephi 1 15 through 18 uh, let's see how that happened here in the Americas uh, between the Nephites and it says here and it came to pass that there was no contention in the land because of the love of God which did dwell in the hearts of the people and there were no envyings no strifes nor tumults, nor whoredoms, nor lines, nor murders, nor any manner of lasciviousness. And surely there could not be a happier people among all the people who had been created by the hand of God. There were no robbers, nor murderers, neither were there Lamanites, nor any manner of ites. But they were in one the children of Christ and heirs to the kingdom of God. And how blessed were they, for the Lord did bless them in all their doings. Yea, even they were blessed and prospered until a hundred and ten years had passed away, and the first generation from Christ had passed away, and there was no contention in all the land. Wow. I love these verses because they tell us all the things that this would take away from our current society. I mean, you know, politicians can sell all of this to us. You know, I promise to reduce crime and this and that and to, you know, feel... Um, um, bring more equity and diversity and all of this, you know. Um, but they 
can't deliver on that because their focus is not is focused on what they can do instead of what God can do because their focus is not leading us to Christ and so as long as we do not focus on Christ we will never achieve all that we just read off in this for Nephi chapter 1 verses 15 through 18 the part that I absolutely love here is says that there were no ites, meaning no Nephites, no Lamanites, no Jacobites, no Zoramites. What does that mean? There were no names. There were no Mexicans, Americans, you know, uh, Native Americans, Africans. There were none of that. There was, we were all one, the children of Christ and heirs to the kingdom of God. And I can I just say I'm so looking forward to the day when that will be upon the earth and that will only come when Jesus Christ is reigning before us. I can't wait for that. Um, and I was going to read one more scripture here but we've all uh, read this before and um, the one thing that I wanted to kind of clarify is that as you're reading some of these things and like this one this verse we've read it before but it says therefore verily does saith the Lord let Zion rejoice for this is Zion the pure in heart therefore let Zion rejoice while all the wicked shall mourn so it seems kind of harsh for you to hear the wicked shall mourn or that the wicked will be destroyed or the wicked will go to hell or whatever. Um, but I just want to clarify, God is not destroying them. God gave them, all of us, our agency to choose whether to follow God or to be led away by Satan. If we are led away, is because we chose, clearly chose, not to follow God. And the path to Satan will take us, which will be hell and uh, just destruction. It is of our own doing and our own making. We are self-destructing. Those are the consequences of choosing making the wrong choice. How do we know that? I mean, you and I have made plenty of mistakes here on earth. And what happens when I make a good choice? I may not get hurt. I may not go through some of the pain that others who choose not to follow the same thing may experience. So, you know, People pointed out today, well, it's kind of harsh to hear that God says he will destroy them. Well, no, they're pretty much self-destructing. God just can't save them. He cannot save them as a father because those were their choices. Um, he cannot interfere with the choices that they made. Those were their choices. 
because he loves our freedom so much. He, he fought for us to have that. And remember, Satan's piece in this was control. I will bring them all to you so that they none of, none of them get lost. I will force them to come back and live with you. And Jesus' plan was, no, I will give them their choice on whether they want to come back and live with you or not. And the glory be thine, my Father, for granting them freedom and agency to act for themselves and to choose. And so when you hear on the scriptures, the wicked are destroyed or God is going to pour the wrath of God upon them, I believe we all just self-destructed of our own choosing. And God just cannot save us from the consequences of our choices. And so I hope that that allows you to know how much power you have. We are co-creators of our own salvation with God. Co-creators. We can create a different life based on our decisions and choices. That is the power that our Father gave us. And so it says here that the seed of Enoch went through some huge transformation as they were translated to heaven. Um, and this is part where, like I said, uh, people um, don't know how to feel about God. They, they, they feel like he has the power to destroy us and save us. Well, why wouldn't he just choose to save all of us? Well, it has to be our own choice. And... But as a parent, what do we do as parents when our one child chooses to obey us and they don't experience as much pain and suffering, but the one that chose not to obey us went through a lot of pain and suffering? You and I wish we can take that pain and suffering from them, but the reality is that we cannot save them from it because that was their own choice. And we cannot be with our children 24-7 to go everywhere to protect them from everything. They have to learn to make those choices without us. And so God is the same way. And Enoch, who was given this great vision of the whole spill of eternities and how we were going to go through this life, um, saw God weep. Well, first of all, Enoch wept as he saw the destruction of the people of Noah's time and as he saw how Jesus Christ was crucified and as he saw so many people die, he even used words as, I refuse to be comforted. I cannot believe that, you know, God brought on all the, the floods and all was destroyed uh, only the people of Noah and the animals in the ark were saved 
and um, God said, well, I'm sorry, but look what happens with Noah and his family that were saved themselves through righteousness and obeying God. Um, they became so numerous a people that they, uh, you know, some of their seed will be found in the people among in the last days. And so Enoch felt a little bit better. Uh, but then God weeps. God our Father weeps for his children. And Enoch could not believe that God could weep. He thought, I'm a human being, I can weep. But I didn't know that God, who is all-powerful, almighty, um, you know, that he could cry, that he can weep. And this is what God says. Um, it says here, God weeps for his children. Some people see God as a distant uh, being who isn't emotionally affected by what happens to us. But Enoch saw a vision in which God wept for his children. As you read Moses seven twenty-eight through 40, look for the reasons God wept. And the remainder of Enoch's vision described in Moses seven forty-one through 69. What evidences do you find that God is merciful and kind forever? And so we're going to read here. It says, And it came to pass that the God of heaven looked upon the residue of the people, and he wept. And Enoch bore record of it, saying, How is it that the heavens weep and shed forth their tears as the rain upon mountains? And Enoch said unto the Lord, How is it that thou canst weep, seeing thou art holy, and from all eternity to all eternity? And were it possible that man could number the particles of the earth, yea, millions of the earths like this, it would not be a beginning to the number of thy creations. And thy curtains are stretched out still, and yet thou art there, and thy bosom is there. And also thou art just, thou art merciful and kind forever. And thou hast taken Zion to thine own bosom from all thy creations, from all eternity to all eternity. And naught but peace, justice, and truth is the habitation of thy throne. And mercy shall go before thy face and have no end. How is it that thou canst weep? The Lord said unto Enoch, Behold, these thy brethren, they are the workmanship of my own hands and I gave unto them their knowledge in the day I created them and in the garden of Eden gave I unto man his agency and unto thy brethren have I said and also given commandment that they should love one another and that they should choose me their father but behold they are without affection and they hate their own blood and the fire of mine indignation is kindled against them, and in my hot displeasure will I send in the floods upon them, for my fierce anger is kindled against them. Behold, I am God. Man of holiness is my name, man of counsel is my name, and endless and eternal is my name also. Wherefore, 
I can stretch forth mine hands and hold all the creations which I have made, and mine eye can pierce them also, and among all the workmanship of mine hands there has not been so great wickedness among thy brethren. But behold, their sins shall be upon the heads of their fathers, Satan shall be their father, and misery shall be their doom, and the whole heaven shall weep over them, even all the workmanship of mine hands. Wherefore, should not the heavens weep, seeing these shall suffer? But behold, these which thine eyes are upon shall perish in the floods, and behold, I will shut them up, and up a prison have I prepared for them, and that which I have chosen hath pled before my face, wherefore he suffered for their sins inasmuch as they will repent in the day that my chosen shall return unto me, and until that day they shall be in torment. Wherefore, for this shall the heavens weep, yea, and all the workmanship of mine own hands. So, this is one of those sections where it sounds like God is choosing to destroy them, but it was self-destruction. Just God cannot save us in our sins. Uh, repenting and cleaning ourselves from our sins is our choice. And the only way we can do that is through Jesus Christ, the Lord, and his gospel. And if we don't choose that, God cannot save us. And God has to continue to push forth with the plan of saving as many of his children as possible that want to hear him. And when the world has reached such wickedness that it stops the work from progressing. Uh, somebody used this word. I'm not sure that I totally liked it, but it made sense. He says, yeah, then it's time for a reset when all the wickedness of the world has reached a point where God cannot continue his work on the earth to save all the people that have died and are in spirit, spirit prison awaiting the second coming of the Savior and the people here are so wicked that they choose not to save themselves he has to continue his plan and the only way he can do that is by a reset just a renewal and you know you hear that word nowadays and you're like oh my gosh I don't want to hear that word again and so but it makes sense that the earth has to be cleansed um that the world has to continue to progress and we can't when everybody else is stopping everybody from doing so um and so wickedness is self-destruction in my opinion because we bring upon ourselves the consequences of being disobedient and choosing Satan over God. And one part of this whole uh, chapter 7 um, 
on Moses chapter 7 was I never paid attention to the fact that the earth, the earth, the creation, when Jesus Christ created the earth, the earth spoke up when Enoch had this great vision of everything that is happening in the world until the end of time. The earth spoke up and said, when do I get to rest? When do I get to clean myself from all this wickedness that I have, that has come out of me and been born in me for all these years? Um, and, and the earth, you know, mountains fall, oceans rise, uh, cities fall off underneath the ocean, all of these things that are happening and are in commotion as some of the uh, great signs of the second coming, it is literally the earth. Literally the earth asking for a rest from all this wickedness. And God will grant the earth rest when Jesus Christ comes and it, it's all not going to be wiped out by floods anymore but wiped out and sanctified by fire and then the earth shall rest I never saw that our own wickedness our own wickedness can bring upon all these natural things that are occurring that, you know, so many people call, I don't know, the words and scientific names they want to throw at us, uh, global warming and the destruction of all the stuff that we are heaping upon the earth is what's bringing on this. Well, I'm sure that's some of it, but on the spiritual side of things, the earth has had enough of our wickedness. It's wanting to rest from all our wickedness. And we cannot create Zion and the entire world when nobody wants God in their lives anymore. But we can create that personally in our own lives and in the lives of our beautiful children and our families so that we can still have some joy and peace in the midst of all this chaos. I sure hope that you understand you are a child of God, that you have so much power. This chapter 6 through 8 on Moses tell us just how much power God is willing to grant us like Enoch to create our own Zion in our lives by following his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that came to show us love and unity. And if all these different cultures in the world can turn into being the culture of Christ, we will have Zion in our hearts. God loves you, all of us. He is rooting for us.
to find him, be led by him, and to listen to his prophets.